Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico with me, Samantha Balch. How you doing, Sam? Woo, doing good. I have this little um, I think it's technically a chopstick rest. So it okay. is it is a glass, um, a glass image of Mount Fuji. So it's like in the shape of a triangle and it's got little looks like on a top. giant colored piece of candy corn. Yes, it looks exactly like a giant colored piece of candy corn. And I'm pretty sure it's a chopstick rest, but it works incredibly for holding in my hands and rubbing back and forth like a worry stone. I'm having the, like, this is such a good little fidget. I have been, I'm just absolutely delighted. My hands haven't opened and closed a pen for an hour, which is my usual little fidget thing. Instead, I just get to hold this. Congratulations. What do you worry about? Oh, no, uh, that's just who I am as a person. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, nothing in particular. It just sort of exists all around. <laughs> so we it's did fun. something stupid. We did something stupid the other day. Oh, tell uh, me more. <laughs> so uh, January 2nd, uh, we could go. Oh, well, okay, now, so right? hold on. When this is a we, is this a, is this a you and Tasha did something stupid? Is this a Jeff did something stupid and brought Tasha along? Well, mm, see? I mean... We were both there. Um, so <laughs> our anniversary was uh, January 2nd. Anybody that, uh, want, put, that, put that in the calendar. Anybody wants to send me a congratulations card next year or a Tasha condolence card. Thank you. Um, it was like uh, 32 years. Incredible. Um, wow. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of marriage. But, but sometime a couple months ago when it was like 80 degrees out, I said, you know, in January on our anniversary, we should uh, wade out into that there ocean, uh, uh, nipple deep, and uh, just have have that cold experience. And she's like, "Yeah, okay." And uh, and then we were kind of kind of watching the weather and preparing for this. I'd kind of almost forgot about it, but the uh, the morning of, we're taking the dogs for a walk and then we remember oh yeah we got to do that thing it was 37 35 degrees and uh but we said we were going to do it so we had to do it so we went home and we put the dogs away and we we changed and we we went and we and, and now look we gave ourselves an out if we because the tide was out and waiting nipple deep when the tide was out is about a quarter mile walk. Oh shit! How far would you have to go? Yeah, so so we gave ourselves if it if it's really cold, and um, then we'll go we'll go knee calf deep, and then we'll just plunge. Great. And uh, and so I brought a thermometer with, 
And uh, well, well, of course, I mean, you got to, <laughs> you got to know. Um, and so we, we walked in and it was really fucking cold and we yeah, get, I'm sure uh, it was get mid, mid thigh, um, deep uh. and, and then decided to plunge, uh, right at, right at 40 degrees. Ah, uh, um, cold. And, uh, and then started back and then I had to plunge again cause it was kind of fun. Uh, um, was and it? then we. And then we went home and went on to the day, but on the, on the, on the walk back, she's like, oh, we should do that again next month. Okay. I have actually heard of people who like thoroughly enjoy going for a swim in the cold and are like, it's so invigorating and so great. It's a wonderful way to start your day. Everyone should do it. And I don't associate with those people. So I'm happy for you that you found this. Um, this does not interest me. I do not want to be cold. I want to be snug as a bug in a rug at all times. Well, I, I spent a year doing, taking every morning, taking the the coldest possible shower I could take just for that, uh, that cold just experience. Just because, so it's because that, so I did that for like 13 months. Love and, to do. Yeah. Um, and so that was preparation for this, but no, a uh, nice, uh, nice, nice cold ocean plunge was a, uh, so it was kind of a romantic anniversary. Some people are like, um, uh, my my husband got me a, a box of candy and a a nice card for our, our, our anniversary. And and then Tasha's like, uh, my husband would be walk out into the cold fucking ocean. Um yeah. so where's that happening? Um we I how we we did a we did a, a New Year's Eve thing too, but what what would it you do anything on New Year's Eve? Uh, New Year's Eve, no, I went to bed at nine, which is my, my tradition is to wake up in the new year refreshed and ready, <laughs> not tired, not hungover. No, I go to sleep at a normal time. I wake up and I'm ready to tackle the day. Like, I'm great. I got my beauty sleep, you know, all 14 hours of it. Everything's fine. I'm going to go make a little breakfast. No, it's great. That's what I prefer. I don't like staying up late if I, if I can help it. I like celebrating like new year um in london so it's you know five five or six hours uh, ahead and that's sure. going great we did it it's the new year somewhere else yeah you get the you get the new new zealand i think they're they're exactly the last that, that year. year yeah yeah last we year we were, were gonna... on a plane oh. and that was oh. very fun did you, last did you year get we were flying... new years multiple times we we got we got new year's twice we were flying home from tokyo to hawaii so we you crossed the date line so it was uh it was january 1st when we left and then we got back the night of the 31st yeah we don't we're not really big new year's people but new year's eve is um our anniversary anniversary eve day eve um right yeah what it works out too so you got i mean it's a multi the, the anniversary thing is you that, might as I mean, well celebrate uh, well, I mean, she's lucky enough to be married to me, so I mean, it mm. it does require multiple days of celebration. Um, so <laughs> it's an event. Yeah, yeah, we took we took long. I think I took a four hour nap, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I could stay up late. Um, oh yeah, we left uh, left uh, the snuggery about about eleven thirty and went down to the beach with the flask. Oh, so late. And uh, because there's there's a lot of fireworks around here, some 
some well, official things and some some illegal but the and, best ones unofficial things. yeah yeah absolutely and so we got the flask full of uh of tequila and i'm look my whole do you have a do you have a a flask process do you do drink a lot of flask drinking sam do i drink a lot of flasks no i prefer to have like the vessel full of hot chocolate that i pour baileys into because i don't love uh just straight liquor i think it's kind of gross um it feels like I'm drinking hand sanitizer and I'm straight up not having a good time. So I would prefer, I have, my husband and I have done this before. We went to, um, in DC, there's zoo lights, which is at the zoo. They put up a bunch of lights and you can see the animals at night and also some lights and that's fun. Um, so we would do that and we would take our thermoses of hot chocolate that we also filled with some alcohol and uh, get slightly drunk at the zoo, which is very okay. fun. Well, my, so that my, I, enjoy. My, I don't have a flask. My, my, my flask process is just, just tiny little sips. Now it'd take me 45 minutes to drink a shot's worth of alcohol on my flask. Just, just tiny little wet your lip sips. Um, but, but I, Again, to I was, me, I'm like, that's just hand sanitizer. That's just, there's accidentally soap on my mouth. I want it off now. Okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a grown fucking human. I've never tasted hand sanitizer. <laughs> so um maybe, had the pleasure yeah you you young people and you're drinking eating tide pods and drinking yeah, hand sanitizer. It's all tide pods, baby so but i'm i'm pretending to take big big hits off the uh the flask i'm just throwing it back like that and right. everything and and so touch a thing but but i'm really barely getting my lips wet and, right. and then i'm handing it to tosca tasha and she's she's actually taking taking no. big hits off the off the but this is peer pressure. This is what I was told about in all those after school specials. <laughs> yeah, well, so she got she got very quickly got delightfully giddy and um just the the perfect the perfect level of uh of tequila-ness. And then I told her what I'd been doing and uh and then she cut back a little bit, which was probably a good idea. And yeah. uh, anyway, we got to the beach, uh beautiful, clear, starry night, lots of explosions going on um uh, re reflected on how 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 this is a this is a damn good time to be a human um and uh and uh and went home and went to sleep nice <laughs> romantic Great. romantic romantic i know i love it i love it um yeah i don't really want to drink things out of a flask actually is now really what i'm realizing so i don't i just want hot chocolate i just i want a little snack i'm like to bring mozzarella sticks with me and just like eat those a little bit instead of take it to like take a little bite and then go back to what we're doing that would be more fun for me huh well i mean everybody there's no accounting look, for taste the world is the world is full of variety and wonder um no there's nothing wrong with hot chocolate but uh sam you got it do you have a flask do you need a flask? Uh, I need to send no, you a my, flask. No, my my husband has two. I gave him one, like one Valentine's Day when we were dating. Because I was oh. like, "What do you buy men? I don't know what men like." It has you, a boat maybe, on it, obviously. Maybe you need your own flask. Maybe that would be. I don't maybe think, that's the, I don't think that's problem. true at all. <laughs> um, listeners, if you think I should get Sam a flask, let me know. Um, what were we talking about this ben episode? Links. We are talking about diapers, but not just diapers. <laughs> We're talking about lots of things. So speaking of romantic, let's we'll talk about diapers. Uh, <laughs> we were talking this this uh this thing that's been on my mind um that I'm very slowly writing a blog post about, I I guess, in, in the best way I can, um, is about how 
you actually have to care about the mundane stuff. You, you actually have to care about diapering and toileting and mealtimes and cleaning off their faces and all of the stuff that is decidedly unsexy about caregiving uh, oh, is where time a lot out, of... Time out, time out, time oh, out, time oh, out, boy. Time out. Oh, boy. Um, listeners, if you find anything sexy about working in early morning, <laughs> please, please get out of the Leave field. Um, Leave immediately. If you if you work with anybody who finds any of the work that in, that's part of early learning sexy, please yikes! Please document it. Um, 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 we'll change the word. We'll say all of the uh, generally disgusting parts of the work we do um, is where a lot of the most important parts of it lie. And so in order to be the best possible caregivers that we can, we actually have to take these things very seriously and intentionally. And I'm not saying you're going to look forward to it, but I am saying that you can fake it and pretend and like give the child 100% of your attention when you're helping them through toilet training and helping them clean off the ketchup mixed with apples on their face. I have a kid who dips apples in ketchup and it's weird. Um, and I don't like it, but he doesn't know that because every time we wipe his face, 100% attention, every time. Super uh, positive experience. Uh, mm, mm, uh, mm. <laughs> I... I think I, I um, look. I, I I said this to uh, Stephanie the other day when we were recording. I decided I'm going to be more opinionated in the in the new year. More uh, opinionated. Yeah, I'm, Jeff, you've never had an opinion in your life. How could you possibly do that? Um, uh, I think I think feeding children ketchup is child abuse. I think it's just. I mean, look, there's so many good condiments out there. I mean, give them either, an aioli. Either, either you need we need better condiments, or we need better food that we need don't need to hide the taste of. Ketchup is, uh, ketchup is just just wrong. I mean, I've never liked ketchup. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. My husband thinks that's wild, but but I don't want it on anything at any point in my life. Um, so I have never understood when children put ketchup on, like dip their pears in their ketchup. This is the same kid dips his uh, pears in his ketchup. And I'm like, but why would you do that? Yeah, we need to take take ketchup off the menu, put the money you save into buying more glue or something. Um, and, Don't anyway. eat the glue is not a condiment, to be clear. Yeah. That's not yeah. what well, you just I think I would argue that glue might be a better condiment than uh than uh <laughs> than, than ketchup. Um but that's just me trying to be a little bit more opinionated than uh than I was last year. Wow, so brave. Yeah. Yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about how even when we find these things disgusting, this is where so much of the work of caregiving happens that if we treat especially what are often very vulnerable moments with mm -hmm. children, right? Like when I go to the bathroom, I am by myself and the door is closed. Uh, and I like it that way. And a lot of times at our child care centers, especially for like two and three year olds, when they're when they're diapering and transitioning to toileting, uh, there's like two, three, four 
toilets in a row uh, and there's no partition and there's no door and it's like in the middle of the classroom and it's a very vulnerable experience right which excuse me very different than what happens at home very different than what they see the adults in their life doing so a, a certain amount of respect is obviously due to children for everything all the time but especially in these situations where you're literally like wiping their ass or like you know working like working with them in a way that is extremely hands-on extremely you know dependent but also independent independent because we're trying to like make that switch right of you're taking care of your own body and you can go to the bathroom by yourself but right now you can't uh, and you need me here because you can't physically wipe yourself yet and I will help you do that to treat that as something gross or like work you don't want to do and have that seep into the way that children hear you talk about it the most polite way I can say it is that it bums me out a lot um because this is literally what you signed up for which isn't as fun as some of the other stuff, but is arguably just as, if not more important. Yeah. Thoughts. Um, well, my thought is one of the reasons I prefer the term caregiver to teacher is that it puts that focus on those those caring routines. Oh my gosh, Jeff. More. What? There's another half-baked um blog post that is literally about that oh well I that, mean, one has a, that one i would say is actually a uh, like three-fourths of the way baked hmm, well every, every everything that comes out of my mouth is pretty much half baked so um. <laughs> my brain is just a bunch of mice jumping up and down on a keyboard so yeah so so i mean just just starting with the terminology we use i i think is important but um i want to push back on something you said a little bit ago about oh yeah about, let's do uh, it about faking it Oh yeah. Talk um, when more you're about not that. feeling it, because I think even when we're faking it, th that that seeps through. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that. Yes. None of us are as and good I, at faking things as we think we are. Especially not in front of children. Um, they they can smell a liar. I think I think what I meant was instead of like, not necessarily faking it in front of the children, but like if you're not the kind of person who like for me when i read things um like when i read about how care or i listen to caregiving is the single most important part of all of this right it is the act of care it is the fact that we are someone that children can trust and come to and we can also go to them and we work in power with each other that if hearing that isn't as effective for you as living it right if you're like yeah but it's still gross then i just need you to say yeah it's gross but it's important and that's i think what i mean by faking it right is if you can't separate it yet then like give it an add-on you know like keep telling yourself it's important and then maybe eventually you that will be your first thought 
your first thought will be about how important it is and not about how, oh, poop's gross. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, hey, listener Pam, sorry for the poop talk. Oh, uh, man. Sorry, Pam. Yeah. You know, hey, Strike one. hey you know, Pam is a, uh, is a a patron supporter of this uh, podcast and stuff I do at, at at Playvolution HQ. She actually, you know, she 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 kicks in a a a a, a a a hunk of cash to keep the server running and all that kind of stuff. And still, we talk about poop on the podcast. So uh, okay, so, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start a Pam jar, and every time we talk about poop on the podcast, we're gonna put something in the Pam jar. And at the end of the year, we give Pam a prize, or I guess it's more of a condolence gift. Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't make promises nobody's get, no don't make promises nobody's gonna say it'd be something um, interesting. It might just be a jar of pom poms. Yeah. Um Holy I Brown. can't commit to following through with that, but uh but um yeah, um sorry, Pam. I'll go through um, the transcripts. You're you're greatly appreciated as a, as are all the other supporters of the uh the show that keep the server running. Um I think I think the big thing about what you're talking about, whether it's whether it's meals or diaper changing or or reading Brown Bear for the 45th time, if Brown Bear is still a book that gets read in early learning programs, I don't know. Of course, um, I love that book. Is is being being present, and you you touched on that yes. being giving it all of your attention, because even if you're even if you're faking it, even if you don't really enjoy the thing you're doing. Being fully present, not thinking about what's going to happen four minutes uh, from now, or what uh, the argument you had with your uh, your house plant on the the way out of the house in the morning, or you know whatever's going on in your head, um, being being there for that experience is um, at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's a better way of phrasing what I'm trying to get at. Right? Is ye- I know a lot, like a lot of people grew up differently. Like people have different cultural understandings of these sorts of things. People come from different backgrounds and different experiences in general. So if it's hard for you to just be like, I'm all in for diapering. This is one of the most important times of the day. And I know it in my heart and soul. And if like, if you're still kind of like, oh boy, I don't know. I still got to get used to this. Just practicing that being present I feel like creates that shift right that's almost like that faking it because you're by having that presence you're you're allowing the child to understand how important this time is and how vital they are to you and how much you appreciate being able to be part of this with them like that that I think presence picks up on what's what's the phrase I'm trying to do presence it 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 really changes how children view you like they know if you're not present um I think they I think they know it very very quickly and I also think that they're able to if someone hasn't been present for whatever reasons be if someone becomes more present they are also able to pick that up very quickly so does it help if you you frame those things that are necessary and important that you may not enjoy if you frame them as instead of tasks to be completed as um as interpersonal interactions i think so um, i think um 
Oh, my, what's my, the book? It's down here somewhere. My job isn't to get this clean diaper on this on this 18 month old. My job is to make this 18 month old to to have a pleasant experience with this 18 month old while I'm making them more comfortable. Right. I think that's exactly that kind of mindset mindset shift that then allows your whole view of it to change, right? Because then when you're putting the care at the front and center and the relationship building at the front and center, then your understanding of why we do things the way we do blossoms into that and everything is colored through that lens, through the lens of caregiving and relationship building. I think, um, oh boy, where is it? My bottom shelf is all, actually my bottom two shelves are all of the uh, work related textbooks. But my when I was taking a class about infants and toddlers, um, Janet Gonzalez Mina, I believe is her name. Infants and toddlers caregiving as curriculum, I think is what it's called. I might be wrong. That was my textbook, and it's such a good textbook because it talks all about this, about how this this is it. This is the important stuff. It's the making eye contact while you're changing diapers it's the narrating what you're doing it's the asking for permission before you pull their pants down like commenting on how they're helping you thanking them for it it's all of that that's building up that relationship and yes that takes time but also if your priority is building the relationship if your priority is the care then the exact time you get outside isn't going to be as critical, right? Or the uh, the exact time that you start circle isn't going to be as critical as these other things. Yeah, yeah. And it still doesn't make the diapers less gross or the no, gross. and ketchup less they're gross. They're so leaky. Or the... The monotony of reading brown bear the for the first time. Yeah. Um, although, when you bring that more relationship focused mindset to those interactions, my my personal lived experience is that they do become slightly less repulsive because they, you're focusing I, I on they... the person. Yes. And I think they become more, for lack of a better term, interesting, uh, especially like I'm thinking especially about um, reading books like my, my our group right now uh, is absolutely obsessed with Abby Yo-Yo. We are in the cult of Pete Seeger. All we want to read is Abby Yo-Yo. Uh, and it's a great book, so I don't mind. I'm, I'm trying to plug in my computer, Jeff, which is why I look very weird right now. I'm like doing a bunch of weird things while I speak. Uh, um, weird all the time. It's okay. That's fair. You're right. I shouldn't flatter myself. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they're obsessed with it. And so one thing I started doing, um, because like at this point we can all just recite it. Like we don't need, I don't need to see the words. I can just, we mm -hmm. can do the whole thing. And a lot of them can also do it. So there's been like, uh, for me, a lot of interest in like, okay, why is it this book that they can recite? What are the themes that are happening in this book that are so interesting? Um, and how is that impacting the rest of their play? But I also made a little graph uh, that had a picture of the cover of the book uh, and then a picture of any other book, just like a bookshelf, 
was like, how many times do you read Abby Yo-Yo versus literally anything else? And so it was a fun little math thing that I just hadn't, that I was filling in. Um, when I told them about it, I was like, oh, whenever we read Abby Yo-Yo, I'm just going to color in another line because I want to see how many times you read it. They loved it. They're like, oh, I read it. I read it. You should color it. You got it. Sure thing. And then they were all very excited about how many times we read Abby Yo-Yo. But also, like, I read it again today. And it was very fun for me to, um, like, track their eye movements a little bit and see, like, where are they going on the page? Who's looking at the words? Who's looking at the pictures? Um, mm -hmm. To see the way some of them were, like, acting it out almost with their hands. Like, when people get scared, some of them, like, threw up their hands a little bit. And that's just, like, that's really interesting, the way that they do that. At least I find this minutiae interesting and curious and fun. I guess if you don't find any of this fun, maybe you're not going to have a good time in the field. Um, like, if after, like, shifting it to relationship, like, the idea is building relationships, um, if even this doesn't do it for you, then maybe this doesn't do it for you. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think a lot of people get into this field that won't find relationship building really great and wonderful and important. Just making a face. You are more if... optimistic than I am. Um, I Your think... experience is different. One of the challenges here, when we start talking about making these mundane, repetitive parts of the day more relationship-oriented, is that they end up burning up more of your reservoir of emotional energy, and oh, yeah. and it makes that that uh, thing I'm always harping on is the importance of self-care um, more important because if you're Look, if you're just going through diaper changing like it's an assembly line um, and your co-teacher is just plopping a new kid up in front of you as as uh, quick as you finish one, um, not a lot of emotional labor going into into those interactions. But when each diaper change takes a, 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 a twice or three times or four times as long as the the factory process does and you're making eye contact and you're having conversations it it takes more of your of your emotional resources and if you're not taking care of yourself this is this is going to be hard to do yeah absolutely and, so, and oh boy i just like it's it's i think also important that like hmm how am I trying to phrase this? That the, the, you're also building the relationships with the other people in the room, right? Because it can be incredibly isolating to be the only, I, I've been in this situation before to be the only person doing it. Um, sure. And that like, it can be hard when you feel like you're really building these important relationships with children through the caregiving routines and you don't really know the people you work with, right? Or it's it's kind of icy with your coworkers. That can that can take such a toll on you also and make it harder to then give children the kind of relationship that you would want them to have because you might not feel it at all. And that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that... We should also realize that the energy that goes into building those relationships and those mundane, repetitive task-like parts of the day, um, the payoff is the 
the deeper connection and deeper knowledge of the child that comes into play when the day is a little bit more exciting. So you know that child better. And so when there is any, any meltdown, a meltdown or, or they are facing a developmental challenge or, or whatever it is, you, you're closer to them because you've literally physically been closer to them in a yeah. lot of ways um, that navigating those more challenging and less mundane parts of your day becomes a little bit easier. Right. Absolutely. And there's, there's great research that shows that the most important part of an early childhood experience is the relationship between the caregivers and the children. So if you're putting so much effort into the relationship, particularly through a lot of the routines that you're doing because you do them every day. So why not put a bunch of effort into that? Um, then the, the payoff in their future will be huge because these are now children who feel secure and confident and ready to work with adults and to ask them questions and to be a really big part of the group. Yeah. So, yeah it's important still doesn't make it fun but no it's and but if you wanted a fun job you should have gone to work at a bank i don't know well i don't know what a fun job is yeah <laughs> yeah you want a fun job you should you should have a, a good one uh, go work at a circuit oh yes go have a podcast yes there's a there's a quote-unquote job for you um so what's the what's the takeaway? Uh, mundane and rote jobs are not exciting, but they're important. They're not exciting, but like that's where like these moments of magnificence happen, right? Or like what primes the stage for them? I think is 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 through those routines, yeah, and the attention you pay to them and the intention you have going into them. Yeah, and yeah, it I takes practice, you... you know. It's yeah, hard. yeah. And I mean, I, I think if you wanna you wanna read more into the the whole process and and stuff, you 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 pick yourself up some pickler and you pick yourself up some Gerber yeah. and uh, go from from there. You know, how they met? you know how they met? I learned I read how they met. No, I actually do not know how they met. Okay, so I just um, thought they knew so, each other. So uh, so so Gerber, she's got she got a kid, and her kid is sick, and the rate her regular pediatrician is. Uh, is is not available and so she takes her to see uh to see pickler um takes the child to see pickler and and she's really gerber's really impressed with uh with how pickler interacts with her sick child and they get to get to know each other and then uh and then gerber went off and got her masters in early learning and then they work together and that i thought you were going to say that one of them had a podcast and then invited the other one on no, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that happened in, a, in, in, in some place in the multiverse, but uh, um, not on the thing I was reading. Um, anything else we should touch on before we wrap this up? No, but if you, if this is like super hard for you, I honestly want to hear about it and like work through it with you. Cause I find it th that important. Like, tell me your problems. Let me help you. Sam, Sam doesn't have enough problems of her own. She wants some more. Sam doesn't have enough problems of her own. She's having a little worry Mount Fuji. She would like more. 
Hey, listeners, you can join me for Child Care Bar and Girl Happy Hour. That's the fourth Tuesday of the month, 7.30 p.m. Uh, you get There's a link in the show notes. It's a quick Zoom registration, just so I know who's coming. Uh, you can also go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag. There's a, a registration link there, too. You can also go over to myplayhaven.com and uh, and chat. It's a, it's a cozy corner of the, uh, the internet where early learning oh, people can... Corner. And job bowing about stuff. Uh posted a video of some ravens playing in the snow today. Um Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um that's fun. Have you ever seen a raven try to roll down a snow hill? Cannot say I have, so now uh, I have to well, go to myplayhaven.com. You go from myplayhaven.com and you can. It's really cute. I never saw never saw a raven raven roll down and and roll in the snow or anyplace else before. Um this here. Uh, this year has been the Child Care Barn Grill podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that wants you to take pleasure in the mundane. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We care about you. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.